Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Barthel Aston and you are listening to a limited podcast series on design thinking, created in partnership with Advantage. Today's guest, Anish Bagger, is the founder of Unity, an award-winning online platform that helps universities and student unions to collect and analyze student feedback in real time and deliver faster improvements to the student experience. I met Anish at a conference where he was a keynote speaker. His presentation created an interesting and contested debate about student engagement and new ways of thinking about it. So I immediately knew he would be a great guest for this podcast. We start this episode by talking about the story behind Unity. I genuinely felt that the way institutions were listening to students was not adequate or effective to really make any kind of timely improvements to the student experience, but also feel like students were being listened to. Um, so this is why we ended up designing a tool to make that easier for staff and students. And what I think for me, which was really interesting was, uh, I went in the idea of building a tool, um, from the perspective of a student, which yeah. was not the way to do it. Um, so when I did further research in my dissertation of understanding the staff experience, that created a much more effective solution because, you know, students don't have a voice in isolation. They need to be listened to um, and they need to be listened to by somebody, which would be essentially the appropriate staff members. And through that research and discovery, we were able to de- develop Unity, which um, started as a kind of passion project and now it's a really nicely established business um, and, and working with over 200,000 students uh, in the UK. And I, and I feel in terms of our mission, which has been pretty much the same when we started, is to really help institutions uh, engage and amplify all student voices, not just the, the most vocal or the most engaged, but really give uh, students a safer space to share what they're experiencing and for the institution to be more effective in listening and closing that feedback loop. And I think closing the feedback loop is, for me, one of the biggest challenges that yeah. any sector has really uh but i feel the he sector is really challenged with it especially when you do research over the past 30 40 years um and when i look at the literature it still shows that closing the feedback loop was the challenge back then as it is today and i think today it's even harder because you have an incredibly diverse set of students in a very different way of approaching education whether that's distant whether that's commuters whether it's postgrad international you know, so listening and closing that feedback loop is much more complicated and challenging than it has been in the past, but it was always a challenge. So I, I'm excited yeah. that we can kind of make an impact um, and improve this, this way of engaging with students. I'd love to hear more about your research. I'm wondering what are some of the biggest challenges or maybe changes or shifts that you've seen happening in, in this whole area of student engagement and student voice over the last few years or perhaps even the last few decades it sounds like you've dug really really deep into this but what are some of these biggest shifts and changes that you've seen i think the actual term student engagement in itself is constantly evolving hmm. uh, it's multifaceted it's abstract um so i think you know if you think about student engagement today it's very different in terms of how for example students would engage with their educational experience um, or even just their university experience compared to what it was, say, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. You know, for example, if I take my own experience when I was a student 10 years ago to what a student experiencing right now, it's different. And, you know, what is 
influencing me externally or what my motivations are internally uh, is going to have a direct impact on my experience as a student. And if I speak to, you know, people in older generations, my experience as a student is vastly different to theirs. And what I feel with student engagement now is it, it's, it's evolving, like I said, uh, based on external and internal influences of students' mm. motivations and external factors such as government policy and regulation, tuition fees increasing, all of these things have created a perception on students which instantly impacts their engagement with their university experience. For example, with the increase in tuition fees, it's led to a much more marketized education, you know, putting students as consumers. Um, and when that perception is there, uh, that's instantly going to have an impact on the student experience, whether for good or for bad. You know, I think there is incredible innovation going on due to the mm. competitiveness that universities have with each other. Um, and that can be also a good thing for students because they have a much better university experience than you know, I go back to my old uni now and I look at the buildings, I'm like, oh my God, they are incredible. They are absolutely state of the art yeah. buildings. And I remember my my buildings back then, it was very, very different. So there is good in that. And that, that mindset change to students' experience, student engagement has only been over the last, you know, five to 10 years. Um, and I remember also before starting Unitu, uh, student experience, student voice was not a strategic priority to what it is today. So, uh, and with the you know introduction of tuition fees, the the influence of the NSS, the introduction of OFS and 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 TEF, it's just made it at the top of the agenda in all meetings with, with universities, mm. um, which has led to huge investment into engaging students and improving the student experience. So I think there are many factors that have led to change in the, the way that institutions engage. And I think on, on the positive, there is the, the opposite aspect of students as consumers, which is students as partners and, and, and genuinely taking a much more student staff partnership perspective or um, student voice perspective. And I feel that um, this approach is also very new. Um, and it's still something that the sector is trying to grapple with on how to implement, on how to listen to student voices, on how to, you know, engage with students who don't typically want to or are not able to engage. So I think, again, student engagement is evolving as students continuously change and the makeup of students across the different institutions are changing a lot. Um, I think it's exciting, uh, mm. the changes that are happening, but I do think it's a very challenging topic to grapple with and to really understand how we can Im improve student engagement or how we can improve the student experience. I, I think it, it is increasingly more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken, you and I, we've spoken a lot about design thinking and how Unity functions as this really cool space between startups and digital innovation and of course taking that space in higher education sector which is really exciting to see and i know design thinking or principles of design thinking are very much embedded in the philosophy of what your company does but i'm wondering from your experience as a founder and from your experience of working with so many institutions and what you've said about the evolving landscape of student engagement 
Why, in your view, is design thinking relevant and timely? There has been a lot of lip service to student engagement. There's been a lot of tick boxing exercises to kind of please regulators around their student engagement initiatives. Um, There's also been an amazing work done in in student voice, student engagement, improving student experience. But I think the biggest challenges that I've seen uh, to the work done on student engagement is the timeliness of it, is the lack of agility around it, the uh, the time it takes to actually implement a solution is incredibly lengthy. And if you just take an example of, you know, some of these centralized surveys that happen in institutions, um, it can take months, if not almost a year to uh, implement, to gather, to analyze, and then to think about the solutions and then to create budgets to develop the solutions and yeah. then to implement the solutions. Um So I feel the pace of change in improving the student experience um, has always been a challenge. And I feel, you know, when it comes to the question of why design thinking uh, is so relevant and timely, I uh, feel there's two aspects to that. One is the design thinking methodology it's been established for a very long time, a very long time in different industries. It's tried and tested and it's a very effective way. And why I think it's really effective to apply in HE is because it really gives a strong framework on how to be much more agile and iterative. Um, I think one of the powerful things about design thinking is that it doesn't try to solve everything in one go. Um, it really tries to isolate the problem, the challenge, look at the root cause, but with the idea of we don't do design thinking just to discuss the challenge. We're looking to think about how to develop a solution to create meaningful change to that student or those students' lives. I felt traditionally that has not been the center of the thought just because maybe the frameworks or um, the way of thinking at the root didn't have that. Um, but I think at, at its nucleus, design thinking has the goal within its name, uh, which is to design a better way of, of improving the student's uh, experience. Um, and it's not complete until it does it. So I think that's that's like one reason why I think it's relevant and timely is because the old way of doing things just it's too costly. It's, it's too bureaucratic. Um, the other reason why I think it's relevant and timely is you could just look around us. The pandemic in itself has shifted you know, everything we know about how to teach and learn uh, as students and and, and as academics or as the university experience. So I think it couldn't be a better time to apply something new on how we think about improving student engagement, improving the student experience. And I think um, just the way that institutions were able to jump online within a couple of days was incredible. So it shows me that, you know, something new can be applied even though it's quite a challenging way of rethinking on how to approach something uh, in comparison to the traditional method. So I I think these are my two reasons why. And I think the additional thing, if I can add, is um, for for many decades, there has been this aspect of student voice, you know, engaging with student feedback. And I think one of the things I love about design thinking is that it, it, places the student truly at the heart of when it's trying to improve their experience. Like 
you cannot do design thinking without putting yourself in the shoes or trying to use empathy to truly understand that experience that the student's having. And I love that because it totally challenges, it's meant to challenge your assumptions. And by challenging your assumptions, you are able to open yourself up to new thoughts, new ideas, new ways of improving it. Um, and I, I just think that is needed <laughs> in the sector right now. Mm. Yeah, I, I really agree. And I think you mentioned something earlier about researching the lecture or the sort of staff point of view. I think it's also really important for students to have that view of what is happening behind the curtain within education policy and some of the quality monitoring, because sometimes the decisions that are happening, you know, even when students have been involved, students have provided the feedback, they don't always see that big picture. And I think when you give students an opportunity to see and empathize with the staff as well, something really magical happens. And for me, you know, it's been really great to see the sort of impact that students have on staff and on um, innovation within an institution. But it's also been really interesting to see what kind of impact staff can have on students by giving them that point of view, which I personally haven't seen through some of the other traditional student engagement and student voice methodologies. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think this is one of the, the key attributes of Yida2 is to enable a shared understanding of why things cannot happen. So, you know, the platform enables students to suggest ideas and present, you know, ways that they feel that their education could be better, but there are just certain things that cannot happen for structural or institutional reasons. And before Unity, there really wasn't a way to have a transparent conversation about why things cannot happen the way the students yeah. want it. And I think, like you mentioned, when you enable a way to develop uh, a shared understanding of the way we do things and why we do things, I think it allows students to feel more together with staff. Mm can only be a good thing. Absolutely. And I, I like that you, you've spoken about the pandemic, sort of the situations that, you know, perhaps forced us or nudged us to be so empathetic towards each other and each other's circumstances has also had a role to play in how we perhaps reveal some of the details of our day-to-day -day activities and what our jobs look like and what our lives look like. So that, again, I think that's given students and staff, of course, but that's given students in particular that additional point of view that perhaps didn't exist before. And, and it's great to see institutions building on that and really seizing the opportunity to have a, a more transparent two-way dialogue. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, and I think one thing that I'm really liking about the sector's direction is um, their motivation to increase dialogue between students and staff. It wasn't commonplace when I was a student um, mm. and uh, when I graduated too, but now a lot of institutions are seeing the benefit of that dialogue and how it makes students feel valued and how it enables a, a stronger community among students and staff and increases engagement with uh, with, with students and, and their staff members. So I, I, I totally agree. I really feel that two-way dialogue is an essential ingredient. Mm. Let's talk about data and evidence. Unity does this great thing of combining different types of data and evidence, but I feel like we are still making progress in terms of opening up different kinds of evidence and data for staff to engage with. What's been your experience with perhaps giving a more quantitative discipline, qualitative data and vice versa, um, and also kind of bridging qualitative and quantitative data in informing what is it the students want and need? 
you know, what are some of those uh, different experiences that you've had with different institutions? What's happening with that understanding of different kinds of data and evidence when it comes to student engagement? Yeah, re really good question. Um, I have uh, a background in sociology and I've always been a massive fan of uh, the triangulation method where you're bringing together both qualitative and quantitative. I was never one side or the other side. I, I really felt both can complement um, the research or understanding of a particular factor. Um, so I, I have always believed that and I feel that is the same with the kind of discussions happening in the sector around data. Um, I feel some are really emphasized upon the quant side and some are totally towards the, the qual of, of you know, things like interviews and, and focus groups. What I feel when it comes to uh, the analysis we do with Unitu and with institutions, my direction with the company and advice to institutions is to utilize both the data of what it tells you and then utilize the dialogue and conversations about the why of what it's telling you. So, mm. for example, you, you don't look at the data for the answer, you look at the data for the question. Um, what is the data telling you? What do you need to inquire more about to, to get a better understanding of what the root causes of a particular concern or an issue? Or also look at the data and see if the improvements you're making is actually being effective. So I think there are two aspects to data that not only do we work with institutions to think about when it comes to improving the student experience, but even internally as an organization, when we look to make improvements to the actual platform, we look at data in, in two specific ways. The, the first is, again, going back to that point, we look at the data and think, okay, what is the, 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 the issue right now, you know, when it comes to, let's say, um, the satisfaction of students on our platform, or if it's an institution, what is the satisfaction students are experiencing in, in the university? And if there's a particular area that's low, that's just pointing out that there is an issue there, but it's not necessarily there to tell you why there is an issue or what the root cause is. I think that is where the qual comes in, where yeah. we need to really go in with the root cause and say, okay, we now know that there is an issue. Let's go in to understand, not to intervene, not to develop a solution on that quantitative metric and say, okay, we know there's an issue, so let's assume that a new building will be the solution. It's trying to dig deeper into the root cause and, and discover that. So I think the call is really important. And I think this is where some of the design thinking exercises becomes really useful. And I feel the other side of the data is, is when it comes to the, the evidence or the impact is then implementing the solution through the design thinking exercises um, and testing assumptions through, you know, different hypotheses you have and experiments you, you implement. But by experimenting or implementing different solutions and not just one, you're also seeking data on how effective that solution is. So for example, let's say you take the NSS on assessment and feedback, uh, which is widely known to be quite low. Um, and let's say a department looks at it, says it's significantly lower than it was the year before. So they carry out some design thinking exercises to uncover the root cause. Um, they do some uh, ideation around ways to improve it. Let's say, for example, they want to improve the speed of staff uh, providing feedback on student assessments. 
um, as, as an example, and they then develop a solution or they hire a, 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 a company, a tech company to provide a solution for them. But that's not the end of it. So I think the, the other end of it is, okay, now we've got that in place. Let's experiment with it, i.e. like a pilot, and put some key performance indicators of whether it's going to provide the value to the students we want. So we measure things around timeliness of feedback. We measure the qualitative experience staff have with the tool and students have with the tool. And we see if that solution we've thought through an ideation process has actually led to an effective, meaningful change. So we evidence the impact. And if it's not, it's okay to scrap it and say, it yeah. didn't work. you know, and I think that's the biggest concern I feel institutions have is, you know, we just invested in this. Should we just stick with it um, and try to make the most of it? But in design thinking, it's okay to scrap things quickly. That's why it's agile and interesting. Yeah. So we're not making any costly mistakes. And this is why data is so important. Yeah, in helping to guide that direction. I'm wondering, you must have a mountain of evidence and interesting examples and cases from your work and experience. But I'm wondering, what are some of the examples of interesting thinking that you've seen from the industry? Or perhaps examples where Unity was really able to influence the mindset of the institution or kind of support some of their cultural change towards student engagement? Anonymously, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the biggest game changer when it comes to good practice from universities utilizing Unitu is one, the concept of closing the feedback loop. We've really seen those who do it well, don't just close it once. There's an iterative looping loops that need to be closed. And I would genuinely look at it as having a dialogue with students throughout the process before a solution is implemented. So I would say in one way, we're trying to implement design thinking aspects um, through the tool, uh, where staff, you know, discover potential issues that students are experiencing. They understand the scale of the issue, but they use a dialogue format to understand and, and go deeper by inquiring and, and, you know, asking for further feedback or polling students and trying to understand, okay, this is what you're saying to us, but let's see what's behind the issue or what's behind uh, the reasons. Is there something deeper that we're missing? So the dialogue function really helps with that. Um, I then also see that when they have solutions, they don't just implement the solution. They actually share the solution before it's implemented to get some more feedback if it's on the right track. So that was a really interesting way of testing their assumptions before they implement something, which can save a lot of cost and time. Um, and when they implement the solution, they gather feedback on the tool after like say three or four weeks. Okay, we implemented this new workshop or this new uh, module or this new uh, session in your lecture. Uh, can you give us some feedback if it's actually uh, something that you've enjoyed and you would continue with? If yes, we will then implement it for the other courses or across the department. If no, we will stop it. So I think that's been a very interesting way of how, how they're utilizing Unitu. Um, I think the transparency of the tool has really shifted the dynamics of how students and staff relate with each other. Um, there's a real strong uh, barrier uh, on how students feel they can share their experiences with staff through resistance of, uh, you know, either being penalized by staff members for saying something wrong or yeah. ridiculed by their peers. And I think that really stifles 
the design thinking process if you can't get students to give ongoing authentic feedback. Um, so I think when, when you have the aspect of anonymity and transparency, where students can see how other students' feedback is being engaged with, it gives them confidence to voice their feedback too, which I think has been really powerful. So I'm wondering, you know, you must have also seen examples where some of these approaches don't necessarily work or, you know, the institutions are not quite there. So thinking about perhaps some of the people that are starting to think about alternative approaches, whether that's design thinking or something else, but are anxious or unsure or, you know, kind of facing all kinds of decisions, what would be your advice to colleagues or anyone listening when it comes to trying design thinking or alternative approaches to student engagement? I would always suggest start small um, and test and build a positive case study to get further buy-in from the institution. I, I think that's always been a quite effective way to iron out any issues in the process, to better understand if it's a good fit for your department or for your institution. I would also suggest if you're coming from a central uni perspective and wanting to implement this um, design thinking process, uh, definitely get a feeler from departments who are more interested uh, because you always set yourself up for success where you have strong buy-in or a department with the same mindset of approaching uh, this way of engaging students. I think that's always a really strong positive. Um, I'd also add, not maybe as a suggestion, but just as a caveat, is that this is, <laughs> this is not light work. It's not yeah. a lot exercise. It's, it's hard. It's challenging and it can be uncomfortable because you're challenging your own assumptions and your colleagues' assumptions around how they think about students and student engagement. Um, and what comes out from it can be very unexpected um, and it can take you in different directions, which is the whole idea of design thinking. Um, so there is a real sense of openness that I find is really important to be applied when engaging with design thinking processes. Um, and I think that's where the excitement is coming from. You are also diving into the unknown of where it might take you, obviously with your own container and uh, boundaries. Um, and I think the other thing I would add is when you do apply it, for me, what I've learned the most, especially developing Unitu, is when you're engaging with both students and staff, it's so important to create intentionally a safe space for both students and staff to share their experiences um, with you individually or with each of the parties collectively. That I think when you go in there with an intentional perspective to create a safe space for them to feel authentic about their experience, I think that's where magic really happens. Uh, that's where I feel you can get the fruits of the work. But I think if they are holding back, um, I would take responsibility over that and think, okay, how can we create a more safer space to, to allow them to feel more comfortable to share their experiences? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's the key to making the most of their cognitive diversity. And one of the bigger challenges is bringing different kinds of students into these forums and spaces where student leadership and student voice can really have an impact. And I think 
for me, trust and like I said, creating those environments and going into those situations and activities with the right intention is really the key or at least the starting point to making sure you engage all kinds of students because ultimately you know I think for me that's also one of the shifts that it's not just about the traditional persona of a student that's maybe a sabbatical officer or perhaps is really involved with the students union but actually it's about engaging different types of students in this dialogue and I think creating those safe spaces is so important. Yeah, I totally agree, Bo. I, I think it really is essential to, to enable those spaces that feels um, comfortable for all types of students. And I think I would add, when you mentioned the, the phrase personas, that I was in a, a conference with thought leaders around student experience uh, last year, and one institution was sharing one of their kind of examples of best practices and I found it really interesting and refreshing to hear. So mm. coming from a, a, a organization that's been developing a technology platform, uh, we have UX professionals working with us. And one of the key things we do from a UX perspective is develop user personas um, to understand you know, how best to provide uh, the tool for different personas, whether that's students, course reps, academics, senior management, um, and then even looking at those individual students, we create user personas to better understand how each of them want to engage with the tool because not all students are going to approach the tool in the same way. But with this one, a particular institution, what I found really interesting was that they actually created user personas for every cohort of students. So whether that's right. whether that's international, whether that's commuter, um, just all different types of students. And they really try to understand that student from a user persona perspective. So the, the common details, their by, by motivations, their fears, their challenges, their background. And they're now using those personas as posters around their office to then think about how they do student engagement. So whenever they start to create a campaign or they're going to do an initiative, they look at those personas to inform their practice. And I think that is just excellent because they they take that genuine user-centered approach yeah. around how we do student engagement is by putting students at the forefront of what we do. Not our own assumptions, but that student who we're trying to, to uh, serve or improve their experience. Always goes back to empathy, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. You know, it, it's a skill empathy is to develop. Yeah, exactly. Tell us more about what's sort of next for Unity or perhaps how can people connect with you and your work? Where can they read more or find out more about some of the amazing stuff that you and your team are doing? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in connecting uh, with myself and my team, so our organization's website is unitu.co.uk. That's U-N-I-T-U.co.uk. But if you'd like to connect with me personally, definitely reach out to me via LinkedIn. That's always a channel I'm pretty active on. Um, but in terms of things that we're working on right now, uh, lots of exciting projects. We're very, very focused on continuously iterating the tool towards our mission, which is amplifying student voices. So really trying to find better uh, and more uh, innovative ways of capturing all students' voices, um, but also helping staff being more effective in closing that loop in a more meaningful way. Uh, constantly doing user feedback sessions to figure out better ways to to improve that experience 
Um, but also we are in the process of developing some new tools as well. Um, but more on that as we're ready to do the releases for them. Um, uh, specifically designed for student unions is something that we're developing to help them do uh, academic representation more effectively as well. Um, yeah, so so yeah, there's some of the, the <laughs> things that we're working on right now. Just a couple, just just a few. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of things. Wow, it's very exciting. Anish, thank you so much for taking the time. I think it's so inspirational to see you challenging these different spaces in so many really cool and digitally enabled ways. So um, thanks so much for sharing your viewpoint and of course your research in the space. I'm excited to do more together and keep disrupting the industry in different kinds of ways. Thank you, Bo, and, and, and thank you for having me here. And I also would acknowledge you for the work that you're doing. I think it's fantastic. I think it's needed, it's refreshing, um, and I really do feel HE will take this up. It might take time, um, but I think it's going to be a game changer for how institutions engage with their students. I really believe so.